There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show for Monday, October 4th, 2021. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, alongside Action Jackson, Virgin Pringles, Sauce Boss, whose stock is skyrocketing. When will it crash? I might start selling you off right now because I think your stock is going up so high that game theory dictates I zig, everybody else is zagging. It's not an indictment of you. Mm -hmm. It's just recognizing where things are. No, I think it's... I, I think you think you, you would sell yourself too? Well... I might be, you know, I could control the, the stock, I guess. So I, I'd have to excuse myself, but I, I understand your theory. Like your reasoning behind it is strong. You recognize you are loved. Well, I recognize that if the Scott, the, the stock is, is skyrocketing, as you said, then the, the value is to sell, you know, you got a short, you know, in my many years of wall street experience. Right. I know you spent, uh, what, 14 years Four, on the street. Yeah, 14 years. Yeah. Right from Ladue, you just, you get a job. And move on. That's correct. Yeah, you get a job at some Wall Street brokerage. I don't like to name them because. Right. Because don't, you don't know them. <laughs> I just don't, I don't want to pick one over the other. <laughs> right. We are in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios and we take your questions, your comments, your erotic stories. Although we get erotic stories once every couple of months. Yeah, whenever people feel creative. And enough. then they usually end awfully too, by the way. They never like end hot. No, never. These are like erotic stories of near misses or failures. Yep. Uh, I think one of our first ones was somebody vomiting. <laughs> Another one I think was a cuck. So anyway, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. But we do get uh, good ones as well. Uh, thehomeloanexpert.com is the sponsor of our studios. That's Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. If you are in the market to buy a home, get pre-approved. You can do so lickety-split, thehomeloanexpert.com. Or if you are paying even in the threes, can you imagine this? You're doing a spot and saying, hey, you can save money even if your rate's in the threes. I'm in the threes, and I'm going, I think I might need to refinance again. Go to thehomeloanexpert.com. It is so easy to do. It takes such little time. Get it done with Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Studio sponsor here on the Tim McKernan Show. And once you get your home taken care of, make sure you are working with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton is coming up on his 10th anniversary. He's got a big celebration in Webster Groves for his 10th anniversary on Friday, October 22nd, he's a great guy. He is my uh, insurance agent, and I am a huge fan and advocate that you make the switch, if you haven't, to James Carlton. 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. Ask, well, why do you like him so much? Customer service, number one, but proactivity, I think, would be the thing that I like, where it's not like, oh, I got to call and check on this. I, that's not, it's not my thing. I mean, we all have a variety of different things, professionally and personally we're working on it and things might slip through the cracks or might not be going out. Oh, let me see if I can find a way to save money on insurance. They are doing that for you at James's agency in Webster Groves and they'll text you, which I really like. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. And Mark Hanna of Evergreenwell Strategies. Jackson, I always yield to you because you're actually working yeah. with Mark. I work with Mark more as like an advisor. He is actually your guy. Yeah. And so you can tell us why you are a fan. Well, and I think that's 
what you said there, an advisor, because that's what he is. You know, he advises you. He's not going to just say, here's, here's what you're going to do. This is the best thing for you. He's going to explain it. He's going to teach you. He's going to educate you on what plan or what strategy is going to be best for you for your future. And I think that's really, really important because it gives you so much more clarity. It takes so much stress off of you to understand what you're doing with your money, uh, especially for something so as important as saving for your future. And Mark really, really, really does a great job with educating people, letting them know what their best option is. And he helps people at any stage of life. You know, I'm just getting started. I just got a you know, job, make a little money. He's explaining to me what the best strategies are to save that money and, uh, you know, not have those worries down the future. But he'll take care of you if you're you know, your 30s, 40s, any stage of life. Mark can help you out because he's so talented and he's such a good person to talk to. I love talking to Mark every single time I talk to him, whether it be calling him for the radio show or just talking to him in general because he's a cool guy and really, really, really good at what he does. So if you don't have somebody, if you're just going to plan on figuring this stuff out later down the road, don't do that. Please don't. Instead, call Mark Hanna, have him take care of you. And if you do have someone already, please consider making the switch because Mark really is that good. 314-889-0503-314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. That's Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Jackson, what's what's going on with you? What's on your mind? Before I, before I cut up the Adderall and pass it around <laughs> yeah. on the mirror. Yeah. Uh, oof. This weekend was what happened. It was unfortunately plagued by some poor weather. Yeah, um, but that was nice for watching uh, some football. Uh, the second I saw Mizzou couldn't stop a nosebleed in the second quarter, I said, "I'm not going to put myself through this anymore." And I flipped on uh, the Many Saints in Newark, the new film, the new Sopranos. Movie. I saw Iggy not happy with the picture. Did you enjoy it? I did because I viewed that as like it's not necessarily like a. I don't know. It's just, it's similar to Godfather three, not in the sense of the movie, but you're comparing it to something so incredible. You know, Godfather three is getting compared to two of the greatest movies of all time. Sopranos movies getting compared to one of the greatest television shows of all time. So you kind of go into it with a little less. If you're a big fan of Sopranos, you'll like it. That's how well, I think. I would figure he's a big fan of Sopranos. I, I haven't watched it yet, so I'm not looking for no, spoilers. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the acting was outstanding. Vera Farmiga as Livia Soprano outstanding. Let me tell you something. And I want to tell you this and I want mm -hmm. you to listen to me real good right now. Yeah. Vera Farmiga equals appearance wise, Julia Ann. You're probably not familiar with the latter. I know you're familiar with the former cause you were just talking about her work in the film. Uh -huh. But, uh, in 2009, they were shooting up in the air here in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine, uh, said, Hey, you want to watch, uh, George Clooney shoot a scene in up in the air? Um, I've got access to the, set and Anna Marina are like sure yeah, why not definitely. so we went out to the Hilton by the airport mm -hmm. and they were shooting what I believe was the first encounter between their two characters in Up in the Air which was the, the bar. bar that's yeah, right where they bring out the credit cards and that's where they shot that okay. that's right that's great That's where they shot. so I saw her there she's a beautiful woman yeah really beautiful is. woman unique yeah. unique appearance but mm -hmm. beautiful yeah definitely um, and I've been a big fan she was in The Departed yes Great in the departed. Um, but really, I haven't seen her in much yeah, since. I haven't either, but I loved her in Up in the Air, and I think she is so good in this because she's following up on Nancy Marchand, who played Livia in the series, and you know that's a legendary actor right there. Uh -huh. So to follow that up and, and to be really good, I think she's like the 
MVP of the movie because that dynamic between her and Tony is so important in the series. And I think to get some background on it is, is really, really good. Uh, there's some other, uh, John Bernthal played Tony's dad was great. Uh, Michael Gandolfini, of course. Yeah. Uh, How'd you think he did? I thought he was for, for not really being an actor and to fill the role that his father played and played mm -hmm. so well and how important of a character it really is. I think he did a great job personally. I understand, uh, reviews i believe on him are a little mixed but oh is that right i think i think they're more and like i said i don't want to give anything away so i'm gonna tap tread, dance tap tre dance, yeah baby. tread lightly here but i think they maybe didn't like the direction the movie took him i thought it was really good personally but i'm such a big fan of the show and such like the little things that are really important to me and they did the little things really really well so therefore it would be good yeah or bad good it is good. Yes. It is good. Yes. Anime really good. wants to watch this thing, so I'm looking yeah, forward to watching definitely it. Definitely check. It's it's solid. It is uh Ray Liotta's really good in it too. Boy, he's he's outstanding in everything he does, I think. I love Ray Liotta. Um so good in Goodfellas. But, you know, I guess people are I just feel anytime there's like a lot of hype for a movie or anything, you'll immediately get the dissenters like yeah, right it is, off the it bat. It's odd how that works. I agree with you in a big way. Every single time there's something that has a lot of build up and this because then everybody's attentive. And so you can get equity, especially with your social media likes by being the contrarian, except the contrarian actually winds up becoming the mainstream. Yeah, the majority. Yeah. Well, I haven't watched it yet, so I cannot comment. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. My guess is I will like. I can't imagine I would watch it and not like it. But yeah, that's that's kind of how I like. If it, I don't know, like I like when shows do like prequel movies or any type of continue. Like I liked El Camino. I liked. Uh, I mean, I might be in. The I don't even remember El Camino. I've watched it. I don't even remember it. El Camino, for those not familiar, the what Breaking Bad prequel to Breaking Bad or sequel? I thought. I think it's a sequel. I haven't seen it in so long. I saw it when it came out, and then I didn't really watch much of it. Or remember, I mean, I just remember enjoying it for what it is. Like Aaron I, Paul's in it. Yeah, I don't like. But put, Cranston's I, not in it. No. Cranston's okay. Not well, then it must be the like follow up. I guess. Yeah, I think it is a follow up. But okay. I also enjoyed the Entourage movie just because it was like a long Entourage episode. Yeah. Like that's kind of how I view these HBO or in Breaking Bad's case Netflix shows spinoff movies where it's just like another long episode that either gives you a ton of ton of context or it's just like, hey, here are the characters again. Have fun with them. I like that stuff. I get it's not everyone's cup of tea. I wasn't going into it looking at it like an Academy Award winning movie. I just thought it was just going to be a fun revisit into the world of Sopranos, which I think we all have missed. I mean, it hasn't been on the air now. For, 14 years, Jack. Yeah, 14 years it hasn't been on the air. And people rewatch it all the time. And I think it was cool. Well, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah. Um, you can send your questions, your comments, your erotic stories. Anger, feedback, anything. We haven't gotten hate mail in a while. Yeah, it sucks. Let's get some. Let's get that going. Uh -huh. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Do you think we'd get more hate mail if people didn't have to send the hate mail to me and if we just created like a oh yeah QFTA at InsideSTL.com email address? Yes, we would get we, we, we would get more. More. I'm not saying we would get a ton, but we. I mean, I'll still see them just like I see them now. But would people psychologically feel like? They're not sending the hate mail to me and then therefore would feel more confident that yeah. I wouldn't see their AOL or Hotmail address they're sending it from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we would get more. I'm not saying we would get a ton, uh -huh, uh -huh, but we'd uh -huh. certainly get more or more that just have like a hateful tone to it. Okay, all right, good. Well, maybe we'll 
is it is it a sweat for you to create a QFTA at InsideSTL.com? No, I can okay. do that. That's good. Take care right, of that'll that. be a bad idea. All right, uh, all right. So we got. Uh, I posted on the fan page. Angel Youngs was the last I posted uh, today. Did you see her? Angel Young, yes, yes, on the thread fan? you posted on the fan page. I know you're. I know the listeners aren't watching, but uh, yeah, very solid. Yeah, she's uh, relatively new. I am a, a large uh, fan, and uh, and got this is good here because I. I, I can't tell if people are like mocking. I can't tell. Mm. So this is good because this guy's a, I, I, we've emailed before. So I know he's like a, a real and B, uh, not looking to like just be a banty rooster for the sake of being a banty rooster. Um, and then I said, Oh, your perspective. So in advance of reading this, I did respond while Doug was doing a live read this morning. Um, uh, and I said, Oh, just for the record, your portrayal, of my premise on Eli Drinkwitz is not accurate, but I appreciate the question and I'll elaborate on the podcast. Kind sir, thank you for the question and a chance to correct the record. So here is what I said with regards to Eli Drinkwitz at the beginning of the season. And I know I said it. And if, you know, I'm sure we could pull up audio because I said it a few times and I'm thinking of a specific thread on powermazoo.com, the Colonel Gabriel PD Armand's website mm -hmm. in which late August ish, I think it was started in which people were, and it wasn't just one person, it was a number of people talking about how Missouri needs to lock Drinkwitz up because other schools are going to come knocking and we can't afford to lose him. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just like a couple people agreeing. It was a large amount of people. And I also got the sense when I talked about it on the radio that people who aren't on Power Mizzou shared that opinion. And so what I said was... I'm really confused by this. And the reason I was confused by it was he's coached 10 games. He went five and five. He didn't beat anybody. You go, oh my God, I can't believe they beat them. Um, and if anything, it ended in a pretty concerning way. But two things on that. First off, when they beat LSU, I don't think the masses had any idea how bad LSU was. Um, so that's, so that had, I, that had a, that had a thing cachet at the, in the moment that, you know, within probably a month it, it lost if you're paying attention, but if you were there, they made a goal line stand to beat the defending national champions. Definitely. You just defending national champions rarely fall off as badly as the 2020 LSU team yeah. did because of graduations, NFL defections, or guys just going, the season's going to be goofy. I'm sitting out and I'm not going to risk my professional career for this. So that was an LSU um, of 2019 that they beat. And then on the same side of it, they did get their asses kicked in Starkville, but Missouri was like fielding, you know, half a roster by the yeah. time they got to Starkville. So I didn't yeah. really hold that against him. But mm -hmm. if you are looking at body of work, I don't really know what they did in 2020 on the field that made you think, you got to lock this guy up. And that was my premise. Yeah. So what my observation was, was I look at Eli Drinkwitz and I worry this could be a lot of smoke, no fire. And I said, this is what I said. And I said it multiple times. I said, no matter what, over the next month, I believe that Missouri fans' opinion of Eli Drinkwitz is going to change substantially. Or maybe over the next four months it was, because it was including the whole season. M Missouri fans' impressions of Eli Drinkwitz is going to change substantially. And my reasoning was the following. 
Um, so I appreciate this gentleman, you know, saying, you know, he said, I believe you mentioned, well, I haven't even read what he said yet, but, but I'll, but I'll go back into it. Uh, and my reason was the following, either they're not going to be any good. And I never thought it would be this though. You know, on, I, on the bell curve of outcomes, I never saw this coming. I could, I could have seen them losing to Tennessee. I could yeah. have seen them being two and three, not really likely. I would have thought that was probably like one and 50. Uh, so shame on me for not seeing the possibility of two and three. I certainly could have seen two and two, two and three. I didn't think, but to lose to Tennessee like that, I'll tell you this. Here's a little fun fact to show how off I was on the Tennessee thing. I was texting with the wizard um, right before the game kicked off. And I said, I got to tell you, I said, I think Missouri might not be as bad as Missouri fans feel they are because they played a team in Kentucky that I think is pretty good. And this was before Kentucky beat Florida. So this isn't results oriented. And then Boston College, you know, I don't know if Boston College is any good, but I mean, they really could be 4-0. and And if they were 4-0, and you're talking about just a couple plays going differently, not the game in, in yeah. itself. And Tennessee lost to um, uh, Pittsburgh at home. Uh-huh. I think Missouri minus 2.5 might be a great value. Well, I mean, it, it took five minutes before <laughs> it was clear. On both sides of the ball. Now, everything is... Yep is being focused on the defense, but it was on both sides of the ball that this was going to be a disaster, a disaster. So yep. then I started live betting the over. Um, and it did get to 93 and a half. I got it at 78 and a half and 81 and a half when I was live betting. So both those covered, but with, with, um, with what happened on Saturday, I didn't see that coming at all. So that's, that's not a case of, you know, I got one right. Cause I, I actually literally bet on Missouri and I usually don't bet on Missouri or against Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm emotionally invested on the outcome enough that I don't want to get money in the middle of it. Yep. So with that all said, I thought either he was going to have a really good year and then immediately begin flirting with other schools because that's kind of who I think he is, which by the way, there is nothing wrong with that. I think I've said that on the podcast. Somebody being ambitious and wanting to go to take your pick of whatever established program where they may be willing to spend more on football, good for him. He doesn't know anything. I mean, that's that's business. Let me tell you something. If if a place was going to offer me, you know, five times what I'm making right now, if people held that against me, fuck them. Yeah. You know, just like I would say if, you know, I, I really enjoy your work at this particular place well, this place is going to go pay me five times more. And then I go, well, I don't want you to leave. What are you doing? I'd be like, fuck, fuck me. You know, yeah. like Jax, I'd be, somebody said, Hey Jax, I'm gonna pay you five times what you're making. Be like, well, shit, good for you. Tip of the cap. I gotta get mad at you. You don't yeah. owe me blind loyalty. Yeah. So that's, that's ambition. Eli Drinkwitz is not hashtag true son. You know, he's, I don't even know where, where is he from? Arkansas. That's what I thought. I was about to say he's from Arkansas. He's from Arkansas. Um, you know, coached in North Carolina. He's been around. So by North Carolina, I mean Boone, Appalachian State. So with that all said, I thought that was a possibility. More Mike Anderson than Gary Pinkle. Mm-hmm. And I know the Mike Anderson thing probably carries a more strong, a strongly sounding negative connotation than I intended to. Um, but Gary Pinkle was an extreme form of I go somewhere, I stay. And he was very public about that. Anderson did a lot of off-season flirting. So that's that. Quinn Snyder did the same thing when he had equity. Um, or they weren't going to be very good, and these threads of we got to lock him up were going to look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I never thought it would look as ridiculous. I thought there was a chance they would lose the, to Kentucky and a chance they would lose to Boston College. 
I suppose a chance they would lose to Tennessee. It kind of confused me how that was being like counted as a win. I kind of looked at South Carolina as the same thing. I know that one hasn't happened yet. So, uh, but now I know people are probably looking at South Carolina as a potential loss, whereas before they were looking at it as a win, much less A&M, Georgia, and Florida. Uh, the games that were considered toss-ups, if we're not going to do revisionist history, were four. Do you remember what they were? Uh, Kentucky. Boston College. Boston College, Tennessee, and... Arkansas. Ar- yeah. Yeah. Which has now probably changed a bit. Sure. I mean, all, all, oh, all oh, yeah. has changed. I mean, at this point, oh, no matter three. what, you've lost three of the four, and you're going to have to maybe... Maybe A&M looks a lot different than it did with the start yeah. of the season just because yeah. A&M and Wisconsin both were ridiculously overrated. Uh-huh. Uh, Wisconsin's got a real situation. They've yeah. got a developing situation there. Big time. Uh, much less the situation in, in Baton Rouge, and who knows what's going on. College Station, that, that, that one catches me off guard. I expected LSU to potentially be this. I uh, didn't expect this with, with Texas A&M. So, with that all said... And then you got people now immediately going, let's talk about locking them up to, holy crap, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. That's what I was, that's what I was, because the expectations were rooted on things that didn't have anything to do with what you saw on the field. Yep. The expectations were rooted on social media and recruiting. And listen, it's great if it works on the field, but if it's not working on the field, that stuff becomes, then it becomes like a joke. And now yeah. that's what it's become. Oh, where's drink with shoes is where's his merce. How come we're not seeing his G wagon? You know, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, all that stuff is, uh, but you know, going into the season, everybody loved it. Not everybody, but a lot of people loved it. So that, so my thing on Drinkwitz is, and, and has been to the dismay of, I think, uh, won't, I don't, I'm always hesitant to name names when these are private conversations, but I know a number of my friends would agree with me because we've had these conversations. I wondered, I wasn't sure, but I wondered if this was a, I mean, I keep using a lot of smoke, no fire, but a lot of salesmanship, mm-hmm. a great speaker, uh-huh. but not necessarily. I mean, in reality, he's coached one year heading into Columbia. He coached one year at Appalachian State as a head coach. Yeah. So, and also he has no ties to Missouri and he's a younger guy in comparison to when Gary Pinkle was hired and Gary Pinkle had such a tough time with leading Toledo to come to, to a, what was a big 12 school. He's just, he's just a different makeup and that might, might not be a good thing, but I'm just telling you, that's not the read I have on Drinkwitz. So I never looked at Drinkwitz ever. And this is before Tennessee. This is before Boston College. This is before Kentucky. This is before this season. This is before he even coached a game. I was confused by the, like, he wasn't even in Missouri's top three. No. Blake Anderson was, who's Mm -hmm. at Utah State. So if, if nobody else was on him, why did why did Missouri get the great fortune to find this guy that nobody else was willing to take a chance? And that's that's how I arrive at conclusions. Yeah. Now, if he had a choice of a variety of places and chose Missouri, well, that's a different situation. But he didn't. And on top of it, Missouri's search committee, he wasn't even in the top three. So, you know, there's a reason for that. And that's that's where I was on Eli Drinkwitz. So with that said, let me read the email. I believe, or the, this is on the fan page. I believe you mentioned when Eli Drinkwitz was hired that you had a similar feeling about him getting things turned around as you did with Gary Pinkle. I never said that, and I, that's what I wanted to make sure I clarified. Um, and if I did say it, I said it a lot. If if he were to do it, I don't think he will stick around like Gary Pinkle. So that's what I said. But I said that's a good problem to have. 
because you're not going to get too many Gary Pinkles. Gary Pinkle might be a once in a lifetime kind of situation. And by that, I mean, not that I think that Missouri can only reach where Pinkle got him. I mean that Gary Pinkle is the kind of guy who is going to stick around. And I got that vibe from him. The moment I met him at whatever that thing is, the Edward Jones building out at 270 in Manchester. It's the first yeah. time I met him. Um, and and then and there was a big contrast because at the time Quinn Snyder was the head coach and everybody's like Quinn's gonna leave Quinn's gonna leave so I remember asking Pinkle about that and I think most coaches would dance around and he's like you know if I if I pick up and go somewhere I pick up and go there for a long time that's not, I'm not looking to bounce around I'm just like man this guy looks you in the eye and you believe it mm-hmm. it's not a sales job it's yeah. I have run a program I learned it from Don James and that's what I'm gonna implement he always would talk about his program but I don't fault Eli Drinkwitz for what I think Eli Drinkwitz is, which is he wants to continue to ascend. And if you ask college football people around the country, if Missouri's one of the top jobs in the country, none of them are going to say yes. We may love it here, but it, you know, we also have to be honest. It's yeah. not. So he could certainly go to other places. But my premise was if he is successful and he goes, let's say nine and three and wins a bowl game and it continues to have recruiting momentum and everybody thinks he's funny and look forward to his press conferences other schools are going to start looking at him. And if he starts flirting with them, that's going to piss Missouri fans off. That was my premise. Uh, the only difference is you didn't think Drinkwitz would be long for Mizzou if he did. Do you still feel that way after? So that's to be clear, I didn't. But along the lines of I didn't think you'd be here for the long haul. That part's true. I didn't think that this was necessarily going to be he's going to turn it around thing. I think a lot of people in St. Louis media felt that. Uh, do you still feel that way after seeing the way things have gone this year? Uh, on the one hand, he's recruiting at a level we've never seen at Mizzou. He has a legitimate chance for a top 10, 15 class this year after a top 20 class last year. On the other hand, he has a team staring down the barrel of four wins and a defense that honestly looks like they've never played football before. This was his first big coordinator hire as a big-time head coach, and so far it looks to be worse than Odom hiring DeMonte Cross in 2016. I've been a staunch advocate that Drinkwitz doesn't have the horses on the field. His talent composite ratings are in the mid-40s, which is second worst in the SEC by far. But BC is below them at 50, so clearly you can't place all this on talent. These ratings are calculated on 24-7 sports using the composite recruiting rankings of each roster, so it's not a foolproof rating method, but it does give an indication of the talent on a roster. How much of this is a talent issue in your mind? How much is a coaching issue in your mind? Do you see anything in particular on game days that gives you hope that things will turn around once the better talent gets on campus? So a few things on that, because right, because the initial narrative was before the season, we got to lock this guy up. Now that's not everybody, but a lot of people, uh, the majority, I think were saying that, um, which I thought was odd. And I remember Gabe jumping in the thread going, you know, I mean, you know, we're all excited, but at the same time he did go five and five. Yeah. Um, and then the narrative became, well, now is, you know, two things. Uh, Steve Wilkes is the problem, and um, these aren't his players. So if we're going to use that, then how do you explain the defense's performance against Arkansas and Mississippi State at the end of last season? And Steve Wilkes wasn't the coordinator. And as far as this not being his players, uh, well, Barry Odom is inheriting, along with Sam Pittman, Chad Morris, who I didn't even know was the coach of Arkansas, but apparently was in between Bielma and, and Pittman. Mm-hmm. And they've inherited his players, and up until this past Saturday, they were undefeated and had be- beaten Texas and Texas A&M. Now, as the season plays on, we might find out that Texas and Texas A&M were a lot like Missouri beating LSU last year, and they don't mean as much. But the point being, you can't. You, all these things can't all be true to explain it away. Yeah. 
my analogy I've used, and I think I've used it on the podcast, I know I mentioned it on the radio show before, is Missouri fans and Drinkwitz is kind of like Rams fans with Sam Bradford. If it doesn't work out, how fucked are we? Yeah. And I think that's where some people are. So it's kind of like reasoning into convincing yourself that everything is fine. Here is what I think. I don't think that that what we have seen from Eli Drinkwitz makes me go, oh my God, he's not the guy. But I never thought that he was the guy. So, so my adjustment isn't as drastic as yeah. I think most Missouri fans' adjustment is. Um, I wasn't going, this guy's the second coming. But here's the thing. It takes time. It takes time. And Gary Pinkle, if it were based on his first couple of years, he wouldn't have made it to 2003 when they beat Nebraska and had their first real signature win in his program's history. Um, Gary Pinkle was almost whacked after that, though, before he got to 2006 in the Sun Bowl against Oregon State and certainly, of course, the famous 2007 season and then what led to the SEC and uh, and beating Oklahoma in 2010, then leading the SEC and then the 2013 and 2014 SEC championship games. I think what happens in sports in general, unless it is a clear dumpster fire, I know this is somewhat obscure, but a Willie Taggart at Florida State situation, a Bobby Valentine with the Red Sox situation, um, is, and it seems like it happens in the NBA and NHL, and now it's starting to happen in baseball more, is guys get whacked. You can't even keep track of who the coaches are in the NHL yep. and the NBA. Yep. Uh, and, and in the SEC. Yep. They go so damn quickly. And people can, oh, that's the culture because people have expectations. And I just don't think, and yeah. maybe and maybe that can be the way it is at certain SEC schools. Missouri is not one of those SEC schools. So while I have never been as sold on Eli Drinkwitz as I think most Missouri fans were, I will also now take what I guess is maybe a contrarian take, although it's not intended to be. It's where I am with regards to coaches and managers, is you got to give them time to get their program in place. Yep. And... You know, and realistically, he is in his third season as a head coach. Last year is hardly a real season, considering what last year's situation was. Um, and so, you to me, you're going to have these things happen. Pinkle got his ass beat by Michigan State so hideously. Uh, I think it was 2001. Like, you sat there and went, oh, my God, the guys, if these guys quit on him... Uh, and I think it was like the last game of the year, and you're going, what in the hell happened? Let's see. What was the score? 55-7. to seven. And I, I don't know. what It was December 1st, 2001. And you're sitting there going, oh, my. They opened the season losing at home to Bowling Green, and you're losing to Michigan State, you know, 55-7. Yeah. to seven, And it was 31 to nothing, 48 to nothing after three quarters. Whew. So... And then, then now Gary Pinkle has talked about as one of the great coaches in Missouri history. Mm -hmm. So here I am as the guy who's kind of been this voice in the wilderness with regards to at least local media on Drinkwitz. And again, not saying I think he's going to be bad, but also not just confused by the, the praise he's received because I don't, social media to me is, it's a hand job. It just, it's so, it's it just, it's, oh, so he's winning social media. Great. I mean, now if that translates to recruits, because recruits are, that's what they want, then okay. And then if that translates to coaching on the field and winning games, then great. But with regards to the social media and the Merce and the shoes 
and the showing up at games on Friday nights, the night before a game to get attention on Twitter and the, the car, the whole thing. For me, that's great if you are established coach. Yeah. This is, this is, you know, again, I, I just keep saying it's smoke, no fire. Yeah. If he is 4-0 and getting out of September... Um, or even three and one, but really four and oh, heading out of September, heading into Tennessee and, you know, doing the whole social media game and flying in on a helicopter to take your pick, whatever game, kind of something that Pinkle got going during his tenure because it became a big deal because he had won. Then that's a different thing. But I feel like so much of his, his show, like the press conferences show and, you know, um, and I'm just, I'm just, that's just not. It's, it doesn't it doesn't mesh well with what I personally buy into. So it's a personal thing. This is a personal thing. And I just, I'll take Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, and I realize I'm using examples of guys, but maybe Sam Pittman would be a better one because he hasn't done anything yet uh, or done much in comparison to those two guys yet where it's not flashy, um, but he wins. Yeah. You know, and... You know, there have been some things beyond um, what took place on Saturday that I think people can be concerned with. And by the way, Steve Wilkes has nothing to do with the offense. Steve Wilkes has nothing to do with the offensive line getting blown off the football to the point that Beatty is buried four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Steve Wilkes has nothing to do with the offensive penalties and all of the holding calls against Missouri in the first half that didn't allow them to get any ground going um, uh, offensively in the first half. So it's, from my standpoint, it's, and, and Eli Drinkwitz made the hire, yep. you know, um, I've got to wear the light, late night scores failure. You know, I've got to wear failures when I'm responsible for them. Um, and, you know, and I, and I don't, I think Eli Drinkwitz would probably say, yeah, I made the Steve Wilkes hire. But the thing is, that's a judgment. That's his hire. He wears that. That's kind of like a loss. Mm-hmm. If indeed Steve Wilkes is the problem, yeah. by the way, let me newsflash it. I'm not sure that it's necessary. Like, like take your pick of whatever great defensive coordinator comes in. I'm not sure he's going to be able to fix it. Yeah. I'm the same. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's just like we have a scapegoat. Yeah. I mean, if a player can't tackle, that's not, and if a player's outweighed by X amount of pounds or strength, you know, it's just, and by the way, this has happened through the easy portion of the schedule. Yeah. Now I don't know what A&M is, but I do know what George is. Oh God. That's going to be rough. You know, that's going to be rough. It's just, this and it is it's you know it's the first time god man maybe the first time since 2003 where i've gone oh god this could this could get back to where it was before you were born uh-huh. which was they were irrelevant on the sports map locally from 85 until 95 96 mm-hmm. Um, that's what made a loss against Nebraska in 1997 so significant. Even though they lost, they played with the number one team in the country. If Missouri were to play the number one, play with the number one team in the country within the last decade, it really wouldn't be a story. Mm-hmm. But now you'd go, oh my God, they're playing Georgia, and you just had the reaction you had. Yeah. That's where it's gone. So here is my overall message. So I, I've clarified what the gentleman uh, wrote on the fan page. Uh, and then to elaborate, though, I hope they give him time. I hope they give him time. You don't want to be Tennessee. Now, I know you might go, well, hold on a second. Tennessee just went 162-24, but you don't want to be going through coach after coach after coach after coach after coach. 
That is not the way to win recruiting. That is not the way to convey stability. So for better or for worse, I think you give Eli Drinkwitz what you gave Barry Odom, you know, yeah. which is what he get 16, 17, 18 and 19. Yep. Um, I'd like to say, I, I like that. I thought, I mean, I know he's a random name in SEC history, a footnote, but Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. I think a part of that was he didn't fit the culture of Mississippi State. For those who don't know who he is, he's the offensive coordinator at Oregon now. He was the offensive coordinator at Penn State. Wasn't a Yankee. Heard about it all the time. And he was gone after one year. Um, I don't think you can do what Tennessee did and just fire coaches constantly. I get that that is the move. I figured somebody was going to get fired after Saturday. Oh, yeah. I don't like it, but I get it. Uh-huh. I liked what Pinkle would do. Pinkle dug in and said, you want to fire my guys? We're going to have a problem. He wouldn't do that. I don't know if you can do that now because so much of it I feel like is dictated by responding to social media uh, and, you know, takes that might not necessarily be accurate, but are getting all kinds of traction. So as somebody who has never really bought in on Eli Drinkwitz, here's something I'm like, okay, well now, you know, he's going to be around. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. Not going up. So, you know, I, I, Let's see what winds up happening. I do think there is a chance they wind up only with four wins. Um, yeah, it is it is alarming what happened. It is alarming because it just wasn't competitive. No, and not it, fun to watch. It's like it, here's the thing about it though, Jackson. You have Kentucky, Boston College, and Tennessee play around Robin, and you will see Kentucky and Tennessee play later in the year. Uh-huh. Um, I, th- I mean, at the very least, Kentucky beats Tennessee. Yep. I think everybody would agree with that. And I think there's a chance Boston College beats Tennessee, which I know might sound weird. I mean, Tennessee lost at home to Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're but right. they, they just looked like, you know, looked <laughs> like, like the 1986 Oklahoma, you know, offense. That That's the part that I'm just like, okay, Tennessee's not that good. No, they're not. They scored 14 points the week before in Gainesville. So what in the hell happened there? that's the thing that it confuses me. So what happens here? What I know it's North Texas. You're a 20 point favorite that better get taken care of. Now if yeah. that doesn't happen, that's when you get into, okay, maybe we got a situation that is beyond. Yeah. But oh. if it falls in the realm of you beat North Texas, you beat Vanderbilt and you're competitive with South Carolina and A&M and maybe Arkansas, and you maybe get blown off the field by Georgia and Florida, um, then okay. It is what it is. It sucks, but fine. It's a process, and he has gotten the recruiting. Hopefully the recruits don't go anywhere. Let's not blow this thing up. That's 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 where I am. You lose to North Texas. You lose to Vanderbilt. That Then at that point, I don't know how. But I, yeah. I, in my mind, Gary, Gary Eli Drinkwitz getting fired isn't even on the map. No. You know? Outside of, I mean, outside of the, that, what I that yeah. that they are a two and ten football team. If they go two and ten with losses to both Vanderbilt and North Texas, then something has to happen. Yeah, where, well, that that's that's in a, that all of a sudden is in a different world. Yeah, unless like eight people get injured, and but even then, I mean, Vanderbilt's so bad they were struggling against UConn. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, who wound up winning that game. I think UConn did. UConn beat Vanderbilt. I think that. Is the case. I had the under, of course, the overhit, but the overhit standard. Um, so yes, that that so that for those are is our internet down by the way? Uh, I'm not able to get on anything. I have, I got internet. Oh, yeah, okay, uh-huh. all right, fair enough. 
Uh, all right, let me go into uh, this one. Remember last year's uh, last week's uh, podcast title? Guy uh, says St. Louis is fat. Yeah. By the way, Vandy won by two. Vandy won by two. Uh, hey Tim, I'd prefer if you don't reveal my name. Long email, but I wanted to provide uh, some Denver context and also give my thoughts as someone who moved away. First, some background. I'm 32 from Jeff City, went to Mizzou, lived in St. Louis for two years after college, and then moved to Denver. I've been out here for six years. I agree with the submitter's premise about Denver being a super fit place. I think Colorado is the most fit state in the country. Overall, Denver people are in much better shape than people in St. Louis and Missouri, obviously. I've visited numerous Midwest states, and outside of Chicago, I would say that premise is true, comparing Denver to pretty much anywhere else in the Midwest. It's not a shot at my homeland, but Denver overall is just a fit place. Here are my reasons that Denver is so fit. 300 days of sunshine per year. The weather is fantastic and allows for outdoor activities year-round. I've golfed uh, and played outdoor tennis in January and February multiple times. Transient population who love the outdoors. People move to Denver for the outdoors and take advantage of it. I'd say 90% of the people that move here are due to outdoor activities, hiking, biking, skiing, climbing. This means the population is just more fit because that's why they're here. 95% of the lasses I see on Bumble have at least one of these as a favorite activity. Single population. I'm 32 and still single. The transient population means people aren't sure where they'll be in five years, so they are much less likely to settle down. Also, if you're single, you probably need to try to keep yourself in shape more than if you've been married for 10 years. I disagree with what the submitter's friend said about everybody walking when they golf. I don't golf a ton, but I only walk par threes mostly. Occasionally I will walk, but I mostly play public courses that are packed, so I prefer to keep the game moving because I'm not that great. There's some really fucking hilly courses here too. Maybe I'm the wrong person to comment as I don't golf much. I will say one of the par threes does have an option for carts, so there's probably some walruses out here too. Moving on outside of the people size comment, he is correct in that everyone is friendly in Denver because many people are not from Denver. While I do know a lot of people from Denver that are not, that are, excuse me, that are super friendly and stayed in town, the clickness that I experienced in St. Louis is not a thing here at all. I kind of felt like an outsider, even though I was from Jeff City when I lived in St. Louis. It's not, it's just not like that here because so many people are not originally from here and the natives have adapted. I had plenty of friends in St. Louis from college, and I'm not going to mention the quote-unquote question that everyone gets, but you are aware how it can be. I also want to touch on the comment about scratching an itch to move. Do it. You can always come back later. I could not agree more. I've never regretted moving here at all, but I'm lightly considering moving back in the next year or two. I've had a great six-year career here, reached a milestone in my field, bought property, and overall enjoyed everything about living here. The money I earned and the appreciation of my property is allowing me to try something new and potentially go off on my own with something, and I have more established business contacts through my family and community in my hometown to do that. That's the catch to a big city. I've been here for six years but still don't feel like I have the community contacts or flexibility with high cost of living to really take any career risks, though I do not have a risk-taker personality. So without sounding like a lemming to you and the submitter, I would definitely agree that people right out of college go off and try something new outside of St. Louis or wherever they're from, especially if they're single. If you haven't done that, that's obviously great too. I probably haven't settled down with anyone here because I don't know if I ever saw myself living here forever. Plus, I wouldn't want to settle down where most of the lasses are here from, California or the East Coast. 
I'll refrain from any more talk about relationships as this is reserved for my therapist, but I think that is an area of life that I've missed out on so far because of my decision to move. I can only think of a handful of friends out here that are in a long-term relationship with someone they met out here. Most of my friends here are still single in short-term relationships or moved out here with a significant other. Pretty much all of my friends back home in St. Louis, mid-Missouri, or Kansas City have settled down. Overall, I'm not sure if I'm moving back, but I'm excited at the thought to do so with experience from a big city and great company, wealth accumulated from living in a high-growth market, and being able to afford real estate, and contacts and flexibility to try something new in a lower-cost-of-living area. I will cherish the 100-plus ski days I got here and will certainly come back regularly on vacation. It's truly a special place, but I'm getting the itch to move back to the homeland now that I'm in my 30s. I hope this provides some contacts and observations from the Denverite. Love the show. Uh, and then he used his real name, but then he said, I'd prefer if you don't reveal my name. Mm. So I almost did it. And there yeah. would have been, you would have used the shears. Uh, so anyway, we will respect uh, the wish, the, uh, the, the wish, I should say. Uh, Action Jackson. Colorado is really cool. The bee's knees. Uh, yeah. Is that where you would move? I'd be, I wouldn't go out west. I've, I've, my whole life, vacation or otherwise, just always going out east because my family's from out there. And it's cool, but like the west has so much awesome stuff. And if you're in like the west, west coast, football games start at like 10 a.m., I'm, I'm into that. And uh, I, I have Colorado's really, really cool. And he's right. Like the weather is, you know, it's cold, but it's all mostly sunny. And in the summer there, it's like, you know, 65, 70 degrees and great golf. So yeah, I love Colorado and I love the, the West a few times I've been out there. So I'd like to go out there more. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I see his reasoning behind why people a are more fit because most of them are single and I get why they wouldn't be in long-term relationships because they might not be staying there. Right. So yeah, I, I agree with that premise. It's probably the same for a lot of transient cities, uh, Florida now becoming more like that. Austin, uh, even like places like Phoenix, like it's just becoming more and more transient. So yeah, I could see why people are in long-term relationships and by proxy why they're in better shape because they aren't in long-term relationships, but are still single. So yeah, he seems pretty spot on. Um, and I wish him the best if he does move back here, we'd be happy to have you. It, it's from, from my standpoint with the moving thing and I'm, and I'm taking myself and putting myself in a 23 year old spot. Cause mm -hmm. at, at 45 with a wife and one child and one on the way, yeah. it's not, you know, it's a, it's a different place in life situation. Um, and, and the, the way I look at it, I, I, you know, it's a personality thing. It's a comfort level thing. It's all, you don't know what a person's family situation is. And I know that, that the emailer and I know you and, and anybody else, I think, especially with this show, I think TMA audience kind of does have the, uh, live and let live to each their own approach. Uh -huh. You know, even if they're not into it, we're not going to kink shame. We're a sex positive program. Of Indeed. Course. So yeah, it's like, okay, cool. But I, there was a sense when I nearly moved to New York from some of my friends in St. Louis who were living in New York. And I remember it was, I mean, I was, I was only up there for a few days looking at places and hanging out with them. And they're great people, all successful. A couple have moved back to St. Louis. A couple now live in LA actually, um, and have done really well. Uh, but we, you know, they would ask, Oh, how's so-and-so? And I go, Oh, you know, great guy. See him. And they, and then they would look at you and go, ah, oh, he's somebody who would never leave St. Louis. And so it was kind of looked at as like a personality trait of a non-risk taker, mm. which, God, I'm trying to think of what it was that I was, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody about something along these lines. I feel like I was talking about my wife with like, 
daily fantasy, actually, because she has a fantasy football team this year and I'm managing it for her. Mm -hmm. And I would explain her that year long fantasy is a hell of a lot different than daily. You have to pick guys that nobody's on or else you can't win. So you actually, you actually have to do things that seem dumb. Yeah. Um, So with that all said, you know, I, that's, I think that, I think that that's for those who have left St. Louis, maybe there is an implied condescension at those who haven't. But what if the person I'm just presenting has parents in their whatever, or, or it doesn't matter what age they are and their health isn't good or they're an only child, you know, or they are the only sibling who still lives in town for their parents, something along those lines. There can be circumstances. Now, I think that is probably the minority I think people just get comfortable here. And I think it's understandable how to get comfortable. And if you're comfortable and if you're happy, then God bless. See, I don't, I don't think, I think success of course is in the eye of the beholder, but I think oftentimes in the United States, success is quantified from the outside looking in by assets and wealth. But if somebody is happy to me, there isn't a, you know, there isn't a public finances on that, but you know, I, I, I personally, I wish I could be that. I wish I could be programmed that way. Uh, and to not just be like, oh, it's like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. But if you aren't, and if you are looking for to grow an opportunity and you're kind of going, ah, this just isn't, you know, I've been a couple places. This isn't, it just doesn't seem like it's really kind of, you know, whether you've been Chicago or New York or LA or Denver or whatever it is. And you go, God, I'm 23. This isn't, or I'm 27 even. This isn't yeah. where I want to be. Um, then I think that's absolutely great. And I really emphasize this. And I've said this a couple of times here over the last few podcasts and radio shows. Do it now. Do it now. Um, it's the best time to do it. And I'm not talking to you directly, Jackson, but mm-hmm. if you were wondering it, I would, I would hate to lose you, but uh, do it now because yeah. this is, because being in your 20s in St. Louis versus being in your 20s in, you know, any other top 25 market, it's almost any other top 25 market. It's just a different experience. And yeah. this is the time to do it because inevitably, whether it be a, a wife or, a, you know, children or a job, you lose the flexibility that you don't realize you have until you don't have it with time. And, um, and then if you do want growth, like what he's talking about, the way he laid it out to me, that was like, so non braggy and I can't recall, I got to find it. Um, something along the lines of, I had a great six year career here, reached a milestone in my field, bought property and overall enjoyed everything about living here. The money I earned and the appreciation of my property is allowing me to try something new and potentially go off on my own with something. Um, in other words, he's experienced wealth, but he isn't going, I did it. It's like he recognizes, you know, because he's in a hot market and there's more opportunity there that he was the beneficiary of that. You know, it wasn't like a St. Louis humble brag about a fucking private school or a car, what neighborhood you live in or that kind of hill jack shit. Yeah. Uh, So I, I, I get where he's coming from with that. I don't think it was braggy. Fuck, he doesn't want his name out there. Um, so I appreciate that. I don't look at people. Somebody says they're moving to another town, whether they be in their fifties or they be your age. Uh huh. Like good, you know, yeah. good for you because yeah. you're doing what you want to do and you think it's going to make you happy. Yep. It's like if somebody comes out 
I'm like, good God, good for you. That had to fucking suck, you yeah, know, exactly. to know you wanted to be with this person or this, you know, sex and you couldn't do yeah. it or you couldn't do it publicly because you, you know, it does because it doesn't impact me in any way. Exactly. You know, yep. so I want, so in general, you just want people to be happy however they arrive there. As long as they're not fucking with my life or the people close to me's life, I don't, I just don't care. It doesn't impact me. I want mm -hmm. people to be happy. I would never want somebody working with me who's like, fuck, I hate this shit. You know, yeah. um, or, you know, living somewhere and fuck, I hate this, you know? So if you don't like it, then do something about it. So I appreciate where it's coming from with the overall thing on the, the B somebody said, it'd be interesting to see BMIs like for other cities in the Midwest outside of Chicago, um, and how it compares like is St. Louis extreme. And I don't, and I don't think that St. Louis would be more extreme than Kansas city or, no, no. I think you'd find a very similar. And numbers. I do think it is. I do think it is it for the most part, a weather thing, you know, New York in the summer is different. Now New York in the winter is the same, but New York in the summer, it isn't going to get as brutal as it does get here. No. And so if you do getting outdoors, I mean, when we were living in Jupiter, you know, for the first five months and change of this year, we ran, um, and Anna Marie doesn't even run, but we would run like two and a half miles. I had it on some app, two and a half miles, almost every day. And it's not like two and a half miles is a long way, but we just did it. And it, but we just liked yeah. being outside mm -hmm. January. I think New Year's day, I did it all the way. Yeah. That floor, the air in the winter is, Oh, it's just the greatest. Yeah. It feels good in your lungs. It's just, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's the absolute greatest, but yeah, because you're, but if, if you're here and you want to go running on January 1st, good luck. Yeah, treadmill. And, and by the way, if you want to run on July 1st, good luck. Yeah, for real. So that's the thing. Mm -hmm. But then I also think the byproduct of it with regard to Guy Says St. Louis's Fat podcast is I think then everybody kind of, and then they get married earlier mm -hmm. and then you kind of settle. Yep. So you don't feel like you got to be, you know, presenting yourself. And then everybody's kind of like, oh, I mean, you know, the, the bodies are just dumpy. I don't know if they're necessarily morbidly obese, mm -mm. but if you place the dumpy body in, take your pick of wherever you want to, like LA, San Francisco, Denver, Dallas, South Florida. I don't know if I'm missing another one. Uh, it would stand out. Mm -hmm. the, the, if you take 10, 10 St. Louisans, you know, mm -hmm. it would, it, it would, it would stand out. But in St. Louis, it doesn't stand out. Yeah. So it's, but, but I don't think the, the issue I think you can get into is then you go, well, the people are lazy yeah. and that's, that to me is, that's not accurate. It's like when you talk about uh, people who are, you know, really obese and go, well, they eat like shit. Well, that could be a money issue. That could be, you have three kids in a single mom situation. And yeah. what are you going to have the time to, to prepare a meal and, you know, or shop at a place where you can eat, you know, healthy food. And I mean, it's. There, there are other factors on the whole thing. So I don't, because to me, now you're bringing in a, a negative connotation that, that speaks to people's character or effort. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. Is it in part true? Probably so. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to present the factors on it. But, but the, the original question is why is St. Louis so sedentary? And I think we arrive at the weather. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things, and I know I said it last week, and I was playing uh, in the Lemmings Open with a with a guy you got a chance to meet, mm -hmm. um, who spends a lot of time on the Gulf side of Florida, and he's like, God, he goes every time I land there in January or February, he goes it just immediately lifts my you just feel good about life, and I go mm -hmm. I know, yeah, because you leave here and it's gray, cloudy, 
rainy, kind of like yesterday's weather. I came home yesterday yeah. and it just kind of rained for the most part throughout the day. It was a little cold. And you're just like, oh my God, this is what we got for the next seven months uh, with a couple pop-up days here and there, but the ground will be saturated. And you go above those clouds and then in two hours, you're in Fort Myers and it's like you're in a different world. Yep. It's just, yeah. But I'm, as I said last week, and I'll con- this is really me more talking to myself, <laughs> if you can't handle it, if you think you might get addicted to it, yep. don't fuck with it. Yep. Don't do it. Like my dad is on a heater right now with the Wizards picks. Uh-huh. And so he's texting me every now and again about, hey, who does, you know, so-and-so like for this? And I'm like, I said to my wife, I go, God, I don't like what's going on. He's yeah. winning, but I know what happens. He's going to get a week where it goes. Yes. Poorly. And I don't want that to happen. No. You know, like I'm betting 25 bucks on shit. If it wins, it, great. If yeah. it loses, whatever. No difference. Yes. But. You know, he's going, I'm going heavy on, you know, the, the, the wizard was on Indiana, Penn State. Is the, I think the wizard's four or five and oh on locks, by the way. Yeah. I, I will say that. His locks always hit. Yeah. And they're they're usually no sweat, yeah, by the definitely. way. Um, but like, I know he didn't have a good day in the NFL yesterday, for example. Uh, and I, and, and my, like I said, I had dinner with my family last night. And I go, how'd you do? And he goes, oh, I'm having a rough one. What does he think with the, the Patriots and the Buccaneers? <laughs> I'm like, oh. I go, well, he told me earlier the Patriots are one of his picks. I'm sure the Patriots covered. I think they're getting six yeah. and a half, so they covered. Covering, I think the under. So hit. good. Yeah. So, you know. But I'm just like, I don't like where this is going. No. So in other words, with regards to weather, with regards to booze, with regards to whatever sexual thing you might get into, for me, lesbianism, mm-hmm. whatever, if you think you might really like it, don't get into it uh, yeah, to just, find out how much you love it. Just be ignorant. Yeah. Yes. Be, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. That, that is our overwhelming uh, theory. All right. Let's see what else I got here. Hey, Tim, I have made it through part of this week's QFTA and heard what you guys were saying about Sound Story. Listening to you talk about the pressure you feel to deliver is, in my opinion, why you are successful at your craft. The effort and work you put into your craft is evident and it's your gift. In my opinion, you're a gifted conversationalist because you genuinely care about the people you're talking with. The fact is evident and backed up by your work. If I can help you in any way in the endeavor, please reach out to me. How about this? I have no idea what the prep plans are for the guests, but I know my mom put, uh, oh, this this is one of the gentlemen's, uh, the sons of the lady we had in last week. Um, I have no idea what the prep plans are for the guests, but I know my mom put thought into what she wanted to say and that helped her have better performance. I also have no idea what you do to help the guests become comfortable with any of the talent. But if there's something like that in the prep, I think the overall product would be better. You are sitting on a gold mine because you have something people want and the talent to provide it with care and love. Thanks again. Um, and I guess I can say the person's name, uh, Dave Klaus. Uh, we interviewed his mom last week or maybe two weeks ago, two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am uh, the, the sound story thing. I cannot wait to like go balls to the wall mm-hmm. on sound story. Um, and I'm excited about it. I think, I, I think, I don't think, um, from a, a hiring standpoint, I guess there, we are talking about hiring on it. Um, but there are a variety of different things we want to do with it beyond what we are already doing. Think of anything from an investment standpoint, it would be for investment for marketing and investment for some infrastructure, potentially for office space and studios. I don't know if we would do that first or if we would get it further off the ground and then do it to make sure that it has the traction to, but either way, uh, yes. So I appreciate that. Uh, it's very kind. I love doing it. 
I actually, I don't, I don't, Jackson, you've observed sound stories. Why do you think they work? Uh, I think they work because just being curious. So like so much of it is like people telling their story, but it's also you asking questions that aren't, you know, we do a prep sheet, but there's sometimes questions you ask that aren't on there. And I think you're general. because the question comes from the answer, yeah. their, their answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like a conversation. Exactly. And your curious nature is really a big part of that because you get more out of it. And I think the comfort level is something too, but I just think it's because people go into it thinking it's like a, not like a 60 minutes interview, but they think it's like a, but it's really just a conversation. It's a conversation. And then yeah. it just happens to be recorded. I don't, I mean, I appreciate him saying how hard I work or whatever it is, the effort and work. And I appreciate that. That's, that's, I know that's intended to be a compliment. Honestly, there isn't. Now I think so often in, in the United States in particular, um, people talk about hardworking and hard work because that's like a thing and it gets a, it's a cheap pop line, you yeah. know, like the hardworking people of Missouri, you know, and I, oh, applause. I don't work hard on it. And I know that might be like, hold on a second. What are you talking But But it's not, but it's, but if, if you were saying I'm, we're, me and you or me and person listening to podcasts, we're going to have lunch. I wouldn't be like, I got to get ready for this lunch. No. I'd be like, oh, we're just going to BS. And yeah. that's how I view it. Mm -hmm. But I have anxiety over it. I can tell you that. I truly have anxiety over it um, because I want to make sure we give them a great product. Inevitably, Jackson, inevitably. I just, it's, I just, I, it hasn't happened yet. And I don't know how many of these things we've done. You and I have probably done, I don't know, 10, 15 together, but, uh, Pete and I certainly did, you know, uh, more cause we started it when it was Pete's, uh, tenure. Um, and I know something's going to happen with the audio and one of them, like you're going to yeah. double click, double yeah. click mean like record and then stop recording. Yeah. Um, it's just something will happen. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's going to happen. And that is so tough because you have to like recreate the original emotion. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's one of those things. It's like when I'm playing golf, not necessarily you, you don't really get down on yourself, but if I'm playing with like, I don't know, somebody who's like a 15 handicap and they had a shitty shot, I go, well, you're 15 handicap. That's what 15 handicaps do. If yep. you weren't going to hit a shitty shot, you'd be a scratch golfer. That's, that's part of the, you can't, you have to go into your round knowing you are going to hit bad shots. Yep. It's not a fun thought and people go, oh, that's a bad, that's a bad attitude. I think it's a good attitude because it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I go into rounds thinking that temper your expectations a little bit, right? But what is it? What is it to me? Go into the round going, okay, I know I'm going to hit a bad shot, but when it happens, I'm not going to let lead it to another bad shot. Exactly. That's what that to me is something that you can control. Yeah, no so, memory. So along those lines, I appreciate this from especially somebody who had their um, you know mother in as a, as a guest. That is a great compliment. And I love it. And I do love doing these things, but I, I, it's not an effort because it's a conversation. And maybe that's the reason why it works. And I also think I'm used to interviewing people who I know and the people I'm interviewing know, I know, don't want to give me the real answers. Not to say they're intentionally lying, but that there's some things they can't say. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody were to come in here and interview me about the radio show's history, I'd be like, okay, I probably can't say that. Okay. I know I can't say that. And you've only been around for 10 months and you already know some of the things I can't say that uh -huh. you know have happened. Yep. So, so when I'm interviewing somebody and I'm, I know that they want to share, I think that maybe lights a fire under my ass because I, I want to get everything that I can. Yeah. The only time in these things where I am like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up a read from the person I'm interviewing is on the topic of divorce. If we haven't addressed it in advance, does the person want to talk about their first marriage? What went wrong? 
you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how people handle yeah. it, you know, what their situation is. Or mm -hmm. some people don't ever want to talk about that. So that's a, that's a feel thing. But other than that, it's just a conversation. Yeah. And most people, unlike if I were to bring in Adam Wainwright, most people have not been interviewed before. And so they aren't getting a chance to talk about all these memories. And I know the thing that Dave Klaus's mom loved, she said, as she was walking out, that was fun to go down memory lane. Yeah. So it's, you're going through your whole life and you're yeah. thinking, and, and when you're going through your whole life and thinking about, for the most part, great things, you're thinking about people who have meant a lot to you and who you love. And I would imagine the brain chemically fires dopamine and whatever their biochemicals to put you in a good place. It's nostalgia. Yeah. So I think that's another reason why it works. This was not like produced in a lab. It was actually accidentally stumbled to on this podcast. Um, but I, the anxiety I feel is I want to make sure I deliver. I care about, I care about that. So it's flattering that people, uh, have the reaction to it that they do. I love doing them and, uh, people are more than welcome to, you know, I had somebody, I think I included you on the email. Somebody's like, can we get it done before Christmas? Yes, we can absolutely get it done before Christmas. We usually record them on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, uh, in the 590 studios. Now I am going to be gone 10th wedding anniversary. Uh, from November 12th through Thanksgiving. And what is that going to be like when I am on vacation? I've taken nine vacation days in 2021, mm -hmm. but yet um, <laughs> you already know where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> I believe my contract allows me to have six, six, six weeks vacation. That's 30 days. I've used nine of the 30. Uh, and I'm just telling it's going to be brutal. Yeah. Um, you already know it's going to be brutal. And I'm not yeah. talking about the show is going to be brutal. No. I'm just talking about what the fuck. You know, must be nice kind of shit. Yes. That kind of stuff. Yep. But it's my 10th wedding anniversary. I'm going to try to unplug to yeah, spend this time with, with my, my wife, who at that time will be what, seven months pregnant or something, six, seven months pregnant. Um, but anyway, uh, but for the purpose of sound story, uh, getting them done now or, you know, right after Thanksgiving would be the time. Cause otherwise I will be, uh, vacationing with, uh, my wife and my son, um, in, in mid-November. Uh, but yeah, Team McKernan inside STL.com and I love doing them. I just get anxious every time. Every Do you get anxious at all? You probably don't. More so when we did them on Zoom because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I can see when we're recording. Like I'm looking at my computer right now. It's recording and I see the waveform and everything moving. On uh, Zoom, like if my computer Boy, crashed, I'm telling you. And I, we never had it happen. So, so lucky. So that, lucky. I thought that was like walking a tightrope. Yeah. And we would occasionally have like a brief blip, but that was it. Yeah. I mean, that was really, nuts. Really with Zoom, we were really fortunate to have almost no issues uh, with anything. Because there's so much, like you could just be too far away from the computer and it won't pick up audio very well. No. You know, and we had in slight instances and stuff like that, but... For the most part, we got really lucky with that. I was much more anxious about because, like, if my computer crashed, like, yes, all that Doomed. audio is gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you have people pouring their their hearts. Yeah, out. especially because some of them get really emotional, and then it's like, oh boy. Yeah. It, the more it was not, it was good, great for the interview, but like for me personally, you like, can't recreate that. Yeah, you like, cannot really hope to recreate works, that. Yeah. Uh, a couple more questions, and then it's off to uh, four-year-old soccer practice. Uh, we'll see how it goes this week. Yeah. Working on the false nine, a little bit of, uh, I don't even know what that means, but yes, we are some clearances <laughs> just getting in the form, right? Mungan S is the sponsor of this podcast. The official automotive provider of this podcast, Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson online at St. Louis com, Alton Toyota.com. Jackson, there are a bunch of people I don't recognize just walking around looking in here. Yeah. And sure. I don't know if, I don't know if they finally come to get me <laughs> or what. 
stainlessacura.com, altontoyota.com, Munganass, the official automotive provider. You can get $1,000 off a 2021 vehicle by letting them know you are a Ryan Kelly Morning After listener, a Tim McKernan podcast listener, Tim McKernan Show podcast listener. It is uh, Munganass, stainlessacura.com. Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at designairservice.com. Seth Goldcamp and his staff will take great care of you. Design Air Heating and Cooling is online at designairservice.com. Inevitably, right around October 20th, the weather turns and it doesn't turn back. And uh, right now, though, man, I look at this forecast, bees knees yeah, this super weekend. Strong, super strong. Woo, St. Gabriel's School picnic. Oh, is that this weekend? That's right. Wow. It is going to be prime. Um, yeah, usually in June. So it is uh, It is uh, golden this weekend. Uh, but when it turns rough, design air, heating, and cooling. Let Seth Goldcamp and his staff take great care of you. Designairservice.com. Timothy Michael, I'm listening to QFTA 442 St. Louis is fat. See, I, I I know podcasts do numbers. I have no idea what number one, that, but this must mean we're on 444 because we did a pick six and then yeah, this. Yeah, this is episode 444. So we're coming up on 500. Yeah, sheesh. What do we do for that? Well, probably, I don't know. I have to do some sort of gala. Probably a gala. Um, Bring in the 10 most attractive by curious women. Yeah, and see which one wants to go on a date with us. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that. Yeah. will be glorious <laughs> and that'll be perfect because it'll time out right about when my wife's giving birth and she'll love it yeah. that's what i had happen on foot fetish friday on thursday on the ryan kelly morning after one of the girls goes how come you didn't put our feet in your mouth and i go, well said i'm i'm married <laughs> i have a child and my wife is pregnant and i just don't think that would be a good idea Mm-mm, no and she still i don't know if she necessarily I don't know if that necessarily no. satisfied her. Well, I mean, that's not the first time I've said that sentence, but in regards to this situation, it is. When you're so aggressively vaping throughout the entire night, <laughs> sometimes logic. Is there a lot of vaping going on? The place looks like, like the Copacabana. <laughs> Dean Martin. Like, I will say, though, as far as FFF goes, and I know like one-tenth of the people listening to this even know what I'm talking <laughs> about, that was probably our best lineup of contestants yeah and i hope we can bring them back for jennings for sure yes we need to. he really liked uh savannah sampson yeah i was more brunette i think you were more brunette yeah definitely but it was and child 79 yeah. was more brunette i unless i'm not that's nothing against savannah sampson she was great but brunette was yeah you know in a different world but yeah i can't you know listen <laughs> I, can't, I can't be doing that i mean it's just and there and, and I'm, I'm glad that i have some semblance of awareness that oh yes i am indeed married for nearly a decade and yeah. have a child and my wife is carrying another one. If there were pictures from Buck Swope all over social media of me sucking on a strange lady's toes, mm. I don't think that would go over well. No, it's a, it's tough to explain. You know, and if anything, I get a lot of, I don't know how many women would put up with the shit I say as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets it. She has a roll your eyes approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but truly, for as much as I enjoy pornography, she is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum on it. Mm-hmm. Truly, this isn't like I'm covering for my wife and she really can't get enough of it. You know, she is not on board. Yet loves, I don't know, loves, but really enjoys being around Lisa Ann and uh, Caden. Yeah. You know, so it's not like she's like, I look down on the porn stars. Just yeah. like you and your fucking porn. It's just so, you know. Grow up. That's actually what it is. It's grow grow up. up. Timothy Michael, I'm listening to QFTA 442. St. Louis is fat. I believe the title was Guy Says St. Louis. Louis is Fat. Yeah, that is correct. Jackson and I 
we come up with these titles after we get done. Jay's like, what's the title? I'm like, hmm, guy says St. Louis is fat. What are we going to do on this one? Uh, maybe ignorance is bliss. I think that's a good one. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't have the cachet. Missouri football and yeah. living here. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Uh, I think it has to do with the weather. As you started talking about after the question, summers are a thousand percent humidity. No one is leaving the air conditioning to go walking outside for more than five minutes. Freezing outside in the winter, no one is leaving the heat at home to go walking in the cold. Those are generalizations. Of course, you'll see people walking around Forest Park on the hottest summer days, but I think you'd see a lot more people out and about if the humidity and temperature were bearable for more than two weeks in the spring and two weeks in the fall. Also, we aren't all jam-packed like New York. We're walking everywhere. It makes more sense to function every day life. I'm sure there are other factors I'm not thinking of. Oh, this is where I saw it. I'd be curious of the average BMI of St. Louis versus Chicago, Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and or Minneapolis. I would be too. I wonder if we can, I wonder if that information is out there and how the hell it would be accurate. Like, yeah, like how can you get that? No. Um, but I, 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 still, Ryan. I still would think it would be pretty, I mean, it might have slight variance, but I'm pretty sure. They'd be pretty consistent. Well, because the weather Chicago would change it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Depends like what, Chicago but it's is so a, big. Like if it's gonna, a different, it's a different demographic there, though. Yeah, you and, know? It, and it also depends. It's like, so transient. Yeah, and then you have a lot of single people. Uh-huh. I mean, it truly. I know it sounds weird. Like you had the gentleman email, and I almost gave his name uh, about Denver and how he's thirty-two and single, and thirty-two and single in Denver is the majority. Yeah, thirty-two and single. Like if you're if, if you were single in nine years, mm-hmm. now maybe it won't be. Maybe it's changing, and I think it is changing. But it is it is rare. It is rare yeah, in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But I know if you haven't really spent time elsewhere, that might sound weird to you. But if you get married at 30, you know, I can't really speak a whole lot to Denver. I've spent some time there, nearly moved there. Um, that it's like that. Yeah, and I do, I do think it's, I don't think it's necessarily they're more evolved or we're more evolved or however you want to say. I think it is transient. So if it's like, yeah, I might be moving. It's like at the end of college. I had a girl I really liked at the end of college, really did. But I mean, I knew I was going to go start in television somewhere, didn't know where. And so it's kind of like, okay, it is what it is. This will be, you know, we kind of recognize it for what it is. And if you're living in Denver or New York, you know, you could be bouncing at any moment to another market. It just, you know, you just kind of, you keep it, you know, you know, in a more... I don't know, platonic, but, but less in-depth way. Yeah. Uh, let's see what I got here. Boy, there's a lot here. I don't know if this I can do this one when soccer practice is starting soon, but this one I can do. Uh, hey, Tim, it's definitely unusual for me to reach out to someone like you on something like this, but you've mentioned many times on the show that you always try to read your email, so I thought I would take a shot. I'm 33 years old, and I've played golf most of my life. I've always been pretty average. I'm currently a 12 handicap, but I have sporadic blow-up rounds where my mechanics break down. The shanks come out and my scores skyrocket to the upper 90s. I know you dove headfirst back into golf a few years ago and have improved significantly over that time, so I was wondering if you have a recommendation for someone to get lessons from. I've taken a few lessons per year for the past five or so years from a different, few different instructors in the area, but it always seems to be quick fixes to get me back to average and not necessarily aim towards sustained improvement. So if you have a recommendation, that would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. It comes from Ryan. So yes, it depends. It depends, and I, I I remember reading his email. He sent it on Friday, so I remember re- reading it, and that it, it's good that he established that qualifier because if you just want to kind of get to a tennish, mm-hmm. I can send you to to people. Yeah, but if you really want to go through like ba- essentially banging your head up against the wall and be willing to 
shoot in the 90s or maybe 100s for a couple, you know, however long you're playing for a while. I mean, a while, but like a couple months if this were the summer. Uh, then then Craig's story is is the guy I've worked with, so I can speak to him. And the reason why I differentiate is I would see guys, and it's it's an, it, it's a compliment because they did do it. Um, and and they're like, yeah, you're. I mean, you're not. What are you planning on Monday qualifying for? You know, the RBC Heritage. You know, I mean, you're you're fine. You're you're an eight or nine. Good. What do you what What do you want? And I'd be like, I kind of think I can be better though. So I don't really want to just be an eight or nine. And the first time I worked with Craig. He's like, oh, you can be, a, you know, you can be a scratch golfer, and I'm like, well, I don't know about that, you know. I mean, there's one thing about being an eight or nine, and there's another thing about being a scratch golfer. But I liked that he thought that way, yeah, because that's how I think. Now, I never thought scratch. Um, I guess it's something that will likely happen. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen in 2021, but I'd like to think it could happen in 2022. Although I have this newborn coming, and that could be a uh, I could really curtail the situation, but, uh, I like, I, I like that. That's how I'm programmed though. And it just, so you have to know about yourself as to, are you just looking to like not go out there and embarrass yourself? Cause you play in a few scrambles and occasionally play, you know, once every couple weekends, or are you programmed like me, which I wouldn't necessarily say is a great thing. And if you get into something, you really get into it. And if that's the case, then you don't probably just want to be an eight or nine. You want to see how good you can get. Yeah. And for Craig, I don't know what it was that he saw that made him say that, um, because I don't see anything with what I do that's like, oh, wow, that's, you know, I have no idea. But he said it, and this was 2017, I believe. And, you know, he's, he is without question, the main reason why I've gotten down to where I am. And I still have, I still have room to grow. And that's why I'm in the middle of this bizarro world swing change. But it's also why here, even I just learned it within the last month and one out of maybe about right now, one out of two times I'll hit it with the proper movement and it just takes off. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, then there's 50% of the time where I don't and it's, but you just have to know going in that you're in the midst of a change and that you're going to take steps backward. Yeah. That's the deal. So I sent this gentleman, Ryan to uh, Craig's story. Uh, and so if other people are interested, I will be happy to make the introduction and you can start working with him. The, what's the difference between him and other people in my opinion? Uh, and I say, this is a compliment. Others might go, oh, that's, that's, it's, it's technical. It's, it's higher level instruction than, you know, take your pick of whatever other thing. So if you're looking for a quick fix, I wouldn't say he's the guy. He can teach you on the quick fix stuff. But from my standpoint, he's the guy. If you want to go from a 10 to scratch, he's the guy. He's the guy for you, Jackson. You mm -hmm. absolutely, you, you have a fucking higher ceiling than I do. Uh, so, um, it's, but, it, but I mean, a lot of people don't want to spend the time, you know, and I, and by the way, that, that that's not, you should be spending the time on the range. I'm not, that's not an indictment. You no. have jobs and lives and families and, you know, or, you know, you might be 23 and single and want to get fucked up or whatever. And, you know, yeah. chase. So yeah, for me, this is me. And I would imagine there will come a time within the next year or two where there'll be another thing that I am obsessed with. <laughs> it is nuts. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's healthy. I recognize this is the way I am. Um, you know, it was poker. Now it's golf. 
It will be something else. I have no idea what it will be. Um, so, you know, that's, that, that's me. Maybe chess. Maybe you'll get really, I'll get a chess. I actually do think the chess could be the thing. Cause if we're going poker golf, then the next one would be like chess. And then after that, it's like pickleball or something. (laughs) I don't know if the pickleball thing will ever happen because all these things are kind of isolationist things. Yeah. I hear you. You know? Yeah. But I think I kind of like it because I can do it on my own time and I don't need to rely on somebody else to, you know, it's on and it's on me too. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I like it. And for whatever reason, it is so fulfilling. I will find that if I play a bad round of golf, even if I win money, uh-huh. I would rather, I am programmed, you know, whatever. It's never good to talk about money. I'm learning this. Um, but I would rather lose within the realm of reason. So now we're not like talking about like a thousand dollars, but you know, whatever, a realm of reason amount of money. So not like 10 or 20, but something that kind of hits a little bit. Uh, and shoot like around even mm-hmm. than win that amount of money and shoot like an 85. Yeah, sure. I hear you. Okay. That. So you hear me on that. Yeah. I definitely. think most people would be the other way. I, I don't know. I guess if it, if it was like, maybe if it was more money that you want and or lost, it would be different. It's but a nice it's, amount of money. I mean, it really is. It, it truly is. So, yeah. But now if I contribute and we win the money, cause it's usually team games. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, that's great. Then yeah. I contributed. Yeah. But it, at other times I'm, you know, I'm like, oh God, I'm winning and I'm shot like in whatever, 12, 13 yeah. over. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? I've heard baseball players say the same thing where it's like, I went over three or one for four today, but two of those I hit right on the screws and they just were caught in the Yeah, outfield. and you're fine with that because you understand the process. And then like another game I went three for four, but they were cheap hits or like little dinks that I hit. And I'd rather go the one for four Oh, and three, you give but, me a round where I'm 12 of 18 greens in regulation and I shoot the same as a round where I'm seven of 18 greens of regulation, but rolled in a bunch of putts. I will take the former all day long mm. because from my standpoint, the putting, which certainly is a skill, but it it's, it's got a wide, it's, yeah. it's got a variance. And there's a lot of variables that go into yes. how you're putting. Yeah, and a lot of times the putting might be because you were you weren't on a regulation, then you chipped it into a reasonable spot yeah. as far as your yeah. you know mm-hmm. you know how far you are your proc. So yeah. anyway, that was the, 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 what this guy's asking his instructor. And if it depends, now what do you want? Now if you want, if you I have a couple of people who will absolutely get you to you know be consistent and eliminate errors, uh, and probably reduce the high nineties rounds. But if you want to get to a spot. But you're just going to have to probably break it down. I still don't get some of the stuff that Craig's got me. I get it. But to be able to execute it, I still know there's one thing. I got to just now. I don't compress the ball with my irons. I get by without hitting my irons properly, which is insane, which makes me go, God, I can get, I think I can get to be a plus, Uh but I don't hit my irons right. I add loft, you know, it's, it's, it's shitty. I just hit my driver and my short game's decent and it's, I'm able to escape with poor ball striking. So and that's really Craig's forte, but it's improved so much. But you got to be willing to, to put in the time. If you don't want to put in the time, then there's no point working with them because it is, you know, I got the Swiss ball and I'm moving the ball away from the target with my ass. And then I'm moving the ball toward the target as I come down and you're going, what in the world are you doing? And you got a bunch of things on your mind, but eventually it becomes habit. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's the thing. So if you want it, there's my recommendation. All right. I got a bunch more that I didn't get to standard questions from the audience. Uh, Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. That's where you can send them for action. Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan show. Peloton, let's go. 
this holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.